Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. Hi, this is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Christian Roth of BD Diesel. I'm Braden Fleece, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. Today, I've got an episode from one of our listeners. He's also a member on our Discord app, which you're going to find a link down below if you're not on there. There's a lot of great conversations we have, topics talking about emissions, different truck builds, whether they're Cummins, Duramax, Power Stroke. There's promo code sales that we'll post up for different, uh, different parts, whether you're looking for injectors, transmissions, turbos, tons of different things. It's a really cool place where diesel podcast fans can all hang out. We can network with each other, chat, um, find trucks, find parts, bounce ideas off each other. So definitely make sure that you join. And uh, Grant's going to be joining us. He's been a, a longtime supporter of the podcast. And I had seen him post on Discord his uh, his fifth gen, and he's really passionate about the truck, and he tows with it every single day. And we were chatting about doing an episode just talking about towing. We're not going to be talking about two or 3,000 horsepower trucks or racing, but probably what 95% of all of you guys use your trucks for, which is to tow something for work or maybe camp or fifth wheel, something like that. And I wanted to ask him more about why he chose Cummins trucks he's owned a few of them things that he wishes the truck did better and things that it just does so well he's completely happy with it we're going to chat about some upgrades that he has planned in the future as well before we get to it though i want to give a shout out to one of our sponsors which is whirly custom fabrication if you're not following them on instagram facebook you definitely need to there's so many cool products that they post so many options you have for colors whether um, you got a cummins duramax power stroke they've got a ton of things, whether it pertains to turbo kits, piping, um, coolant reservoirs, traction bars, intake manifolds, just tons of different things. If you go to WCFab.com, you can check out what they have. It's really cool. All their products are made in the United States, and they they support the diesel industry. They're always out at races, different events, participating in things that uh, enthusiasts love to go to. So we appreciate them being part of the podcast. And I also wanted to give a shout out to Turn 14 Distribution. I know there's a lot of shop owners that listen and you guys are looking for, uh, you know, parts, WC fab parts, or, you, you know, you hear something on an episode and you're trying to source it and we know it's tough out there to source things, but, uh, turn 14 is doing an excellent job trying to keep as much in stock as possible to help you guys. If you're not set up with them, just go to turn 14.com. It's a super easy process to get set up. Once you are, it's easy to navigate their website, put in part numbers, see, where it's in stock in the U.S., how quick you can have it, you get your in, your your invoice, your tracking right away. So they do an amazing job at making things easier on shop owners. All right, let's get to today's podcast with Grant and chatting about his fifth gen and towing and things that he would want it to do better and things he wouldn't change at all. Grant, welcome to the Diesel Podcast. I'm I'm really excited to be able to chat with you today. I uh, we've chatted a lot on Discord and about um, you know products, maintenance, your truck, what you tow, and I think you know it's time for the Diesel Podcast to do an episode. Just probably what ninety 
95 or 98 percent of diesel truck owners do which is they're towing with their trucks using them for work and and maybe some of the things that you really like about you know your 2020 things you might change a little bit just you know upgrades you've done maybe you didn't like them or maybe they were fantastic and just asking you about using your truck every day so i appreciate you chatting with us today and look forward to learning more about your experiences as a cummins owner yeah i appreciate coming on i'm a big listener of the of the channel i'm always on the discord trying to <laughs> look and see what people are talking about so yeah i enjoy it uh the history I've had with these trucks has been very long. Uh, my dad drove 18 wheelers all his life and ran equipment and he had nothing but Cummins. Uh, the history I've had with them, I've had a 96 extended cab two wheel drive, 12 valve five speed that I drove in college, which I went to UTI. Uh, I've had, after that, I got a 2003 two-wheel drive four-door one ton with a six-speed uh that truck i actually had a lot of aftermarket parts on uh that's when i first started dabbling into the aftermarket world uh many engine rebuilds later i kind of figured <laughs> out what you can and can't do <laughs> um after that i had an oh four and a half four-door uh dually one ton 48 re truck <clears throat> the next truck was a very short-lived uh, Mega Cab Dually 06 48RE truck. It was lifted. Had, uh, it had 37s on it when I bought it. Um, two transmissions later, I just uh, I moved away from it. I actually got in a gas vehicle for a while, which I knew that wasn't going to last. And then I had a uh, 2018 three-quarter ton four-door four-wheel drive, short wheelbase. And now I've moved on to the 15 2020 six seven four door four wheel drive which i have to say of all the trucks i've had it's definitely the best and most favorite truck i've ever had what um if you had to compare because you've had you got experience with second gen the third gens different setups what is the biggest difference for you using the truck to haul with this 2020 versus any of the other ones uh i mean obviously you've got the creature comforts that comes with you know, technology and time and things like yeah. that. I still am a big fan of the second gens, third gen. Third gen is probably my favorite uh, just due to the common rail. But I think the biggest difference, uh, they've come so far, like the one tons, the, even the 96 that I had, <clears throat> it had a steel flatbed on it. Um, it rode like a chuck wagon. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. if it didn't have a trailer behind it, you know, you better not use those cup holders that come in a 12 valve because you drink what's coming out of it so um it the it still being spring ride in a 2020 it, it rides better um the pulling power is just i mean 12 valves are the million mile motor of Cummins. everybody knows that they're great uh, there's a lot of add-ons you can do and still be safe not melt pistons down and things like that but the the horsepower and the torque of a factory truck now in 2020 is just so far beyond anything that even the third gens that I had were 48s and they don't, they do not pull like this truck pulls. And I mean, it's, it's comparable because they both had 373 rear ends. This truck does too. I could not find one with a 410 when I was looking. So I just settled for a 373, but uh, the, the creature comforts and while you're pulling the brake technology they put into them, 
it's it's just so easy to drive with a heavy load. You know, back in standard 12 valve days, you, yeah, you had brake controllers and things like that, but you were always on your toes pulling that much weight. This truck, I mean, you can cruise down the road with an AC seat with 25,000 pounds behind you and you don't, if you're not looking in your mirrors, you'll forget it's there. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed just, uh, I've never owned a second gen, um, but I've had friends with them and, you know, gone on road trips and stuff. And I, I did own, um, a couple third gens and, uh, someone I know actually has a 2020 as well. Um, it's a mega cab and the difference in just how comfortable it is to ride in the newer ones. And, you know, you hit a button, the AC comes through the seats, there's sensors that are, you know, going on when you're doing stuff. Yeah. And, and it's just like, you're, you're, sp- you're obviously spending all your time when you're driving inside the truck and it's like, it's so nice. It's so comfortable. You know, if you're, if you're hauling, you know, for hours going across States or across the country, you want to, you want to be comfortable. I think you feel better. You know, you're, you're more alert. You're, you just, uh, there's just something about it when you're comfortable. And then like you mentioned the, the, the power ratings that they have now. Um, you know, the transmissions, the, the whole suspension, the tow ratings, it's just, it's an entirely different, different kind of setup. And, and I'm always really curious, you know, to ask that question with someone who's owned multiple generations is, you know, which one's your favorite? Why do you, you know, why do you like one versus the other? And, and I think a lot of people now that are listening, you know, they're in the truck market and they're thinking, yeah. you know, do I go get a new one or do I go, you know, get a 03 to 0759 or I've always really liked second gen. Should I get that one? And I think they're going to find a lot of, a lot of helpful information in this episode with, you know, what you're going to tell us uh, about your 2020. That's what I wanted to get into now is as far as, you know, is it a hundred percent stock or have you made changes with it along the way or thought about different upgrades? Uh, this truck <clears throat> right now is a hundred percent stock. It's a, uh... I've really been looking into it. I'm probably going to pull the trigger within a couple of weeks. I'm pretty swamped at work right now, but, uh, you know, waiting on parts to come in. But <laughs> um, I really want to go towards a valve body on this truck. Uh, 68s, you know, the fifth and sixth gear overdrives. Uh, they're not known to be the best. There's a lot of workload there, especially when you're pulling. Yeah. Um, a couple of, uh, i say a couple. It's about a few weeks ago. Um, the necks and tires that come on these trucks, I can tell anybody that's going to buy one. I don't like them. Um, they cracked. I thought I had a nail. It was leaking mainly the, between the treads, I had a small crack and it was leaking air. It's pretty scary when you pull the weight I do. So I took them off and decided to put 35 inch tires on the truck. Um, Obviously, I did not correct the speedometer. It, it probably would have been better if I did. Uh, that helps the transmission figure out your ratios, things like that. But um, I had them on for four days, and I took them off. I pulled the load. Uh, it was a about a 13,000-pound, 5,500 four-wheel drive truck on my 40-foot. Um, and it, would, it, it was – I mean, we're on pretty flat ground out here. There's some hills and stuff, but um, – it wouldn't go into sixth gear transmission temp was running 10 degrees hotter than it normally does. The truck was running five or six degrees hotter than it normally does. And I just can't afford that. And what I do. So I went back to a two thirty five eighty seventeen, which is a factory size. I just went with a BF Goodrich uh, KO two is what I put back on the truck. But that is really the only thing I've dabbled with. Uh, I really want as well, when I do get into valve body, 
I've seen the trans go tuneless one, but at the same time, I'm looking into like calibrated power submissions on tuning. Mm-hmm. So uh, at that point, I'll probably use a Rev Max or even Randy's transmission. They make a baby maker for the 1920 now valve body. So just got to do my research and see which one I want to go with. But, you know, by the end of the year, this truck will have a valve body and, and uh, emissions on tuning on it for sure. It's not that it really needs the power, Patrick. Uh, I've had no issues pulling any loads that I've had, but it's just that. I think it's peace of mind for me that I know the line pressure is that yeah. higher on the 68. I think that's going to protect it better. Yeah. Yeah. Anything, anything you do to, to make it, uh, you know, live a bit longer. And, you know, it's one thing when you want to buy a built transmission and you're excited about it. It's another thing when <laughs> <laughs> you're forced to buy one, it's a whole different kind of ball game. So there's you know little things to do along the way and a little bit more power, a little bit more torque. I mean, that's always a good thing too. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, a lot of the listeners, I mean, everybody loves diesel performance that obviously is even listening to this chat or anything like that. But there's a lot of guys that are interested in it. They think it's, you know, fun to watch or whatever, but there's a lot of people that just want to go buy a truck to pull their camper with. Yeah, They just want to go buy a truck to pull their boat with. And, you know, I've done everything from my cargo trailer that I pulled for work for a while that was 5,080 pounds to I pulled 28,000 pounds, not G not I'm talking 28,000 pounds between the load and the trailer on this truck. And it will do it. It's just, you know, you gotta be smart about it and (laughs) you gotta choose the right package truck. You know, a lot of these trucks, uh, especially with the gas mileage wars, you got 342 rear ends, you have 355s, you have 373s, and you still do have 410s now. When I looked for a truck, I could not find a 410 truck. It was it was impossible. Well, I, I settled for the 373, but I might even change and I might change mine to a 410 because of future things I want to pull. But yeah. uh, you know the the three quarter tons, especially these three forty twos. My eighteen was a three forty two truck, and it, I can tell you, it was uh, tuned, and a few parts were missing on it. But uh, that truck, on the way to Dallas, the best mileage I ever got was uh, fuel at my back. My mom lives in Lebanon, so uh, the wind was at my back, and I got about twenty two and a half miles a gallon all the way up there. Uh, it's about a five hour trip, so. That was impressive with that truck because I used to have a 32 foot that I would pull my toys with, which was a Razor and a Ranger. And uh, that truck or that trailer with those two bikes on it, loaded it out full of fuel, all that stuff. That trailer was about 11,200 pounds. So that truck with 342s and it did have 35 inch tires on it. And it was it had trans tuning. It had engine tuning. And I set the, you know, 35 inch tires to speedometers right and it did fine it got about 11 or 12 miles a gallon with it on a good day um and it pulled it fine but i i know for a fact that that you know the 342s and the 35s in that truck wouldn't want nothing to do with this 40 foot yeah (laughs) that's uh that's how i've as a diesel enthusiast i've kind of changed a bit over the years because when i started it was all about power and torque and i wanted to do burnouts and go to the drag strip and you know, most of my friends and the age we were at, that's what we wanted to do. That's what we thought was cool. And then you do it once or twice and you realize, I really need to have two trucks, you know? And now, <laughs> now it's like, 
I just want, you know, whatever generation, uh, you know, somebody's gravitating towards, or I would gravitate towards, I should say, is I just want something that's nice, a little bit extra power. I want to focus on the maintenance. I want to, I want to wear the engine out. Like, I don't know if I'd ever get a million miles on it, but I want it to be worn out and say, I got 500,000 miles out of this, this engine or, you know, 750 or whatever it might be. And just, I want those creature comforts and it's, I've talked about it on the podcast before I go back and forth all the time and I saw a really clean second gen for sale recently. And I've always, for some reason, I've always loved that truck. Maybe I saw them as a kid or something and they were really cool. And then I look at these, these brand new ones and I'm like, there's so many choices for, you know, do I want leather? What color paint do I want? Um, do I want a 2,500, 3,500? There's so much convenience there. And, and I think that's, that's what the majority of, of diesel truck owners do, you know, like, and you probably know a lot of guys that, you know, have Duramax's power stroke Cummins trucks or they're towing and stuff. They're probably a lot like that. They just want a little bit better performance. They want to enjoy the truck and they want to maintain it. They want it to last. And it's been really cool to see, um, you know, doing episodes with different companies and stuff, all the different things that are out there to help with maintenance, whether it's a fuel additive, um, um, fuel filtration, um, different oils, different things you can do to, to help the truck and just, you know, they're big investments. You want to make sure that they last. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> you do a lot with Hot Shot Secrets. Uh, when I bought this truck, of course, you know, I wished I'd have waited on a 21. I'd have a CP3. But, you know. <laughs> There's kids stuff at a CP3 <laughs> yeah. on 2020. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. I know. I'm, just, I'm waiting for that magic 90,000, 100,000 mile number before I do that so I don't avoid anything else. Aren't you? But, um, you know, I knew I was going to run an additive. I've never been an additive guy. I, I've always thought they were snake oil. I, I never, just never really ran them. Um, obviously, I knew I needed protection on the CP4 from, honestly, from listening to the podcast with SNS about the CP4 stuff. That's where I got that from. So I went on YouTube and did a lot of research. And there's, man, I can't remember the guy's name, but you can look it up on YouTube. He tests like eight or nine different additives. He does a lubricity test, a freeze test all kinds of things. And, and he measures amperage on that lubricity test on an electric motor by pouring the additive on it and seeing how many amps it takes to roll it. Um, and man, hot shot secrets. It wasn't even a competition. Like they won by a long shot. Uh, so I started running the EDT and it's crazy how it cascaded. I have a diesel Kubota lawnmower. I run EDT and now, I mean, it's just, I mean, <laughs> that's how well I think that product works. And, uh, I use their oil now. Uh, we actually had problems where I'm at. I live in a town called West Columbia, and they, for some reason, they're having problems getting 1540 motor oil at the O'Reilly's here. Uh, so I have to travel to get my oil. Well, like it's like a 40 mile round trip. Yeah. Um, so for my business, I'll go buy a pallet or whatever and bring it back. But um, that's what I'm going to have to start doing at this point because I, I can't go back and forth and get three gallons at a time. But I started using, 
I just said, well, I'll buy it online and they'll ship it to me. And I started using their 10W30. Uh, I like it. I've actually got my first oil sample in. I've got to send out uh, one of my big customers here in town. Um, I talked with them yesterday about doing oil samples. And I think I'm going to go through uh, Hot Shot Seekers to do that. It's about, uh, I think they've got eight trucks in total between 5,500s, 18 withers and things like that. But, I, uh, you know, they're getting up there in age, about 180, 200,000 miles on mainly all of them. The truck, the 18 wheeler, the Peterbilt's got about 272. So I think we're going to start, you know, taking real close looks so we don't have to be rebuilding an engine in the middle of harvest season when they're really busy. So I think that's going to be a good deal. Maintenance is key. You know, before I started my own business, I ran, uh, I was a maintenance manager for a large waste company. I had about 156 trucks, uh, three locations and about 22 mechanics. And, it, uh, you know, oil analysis was a huge deal. I mean, we did it every time we drained the oil on trucks and I know what kind of impact it can make across a large company like that, but even to your own personal truck, I mean, yeah. it's, it, it makes a huge difference because the, the thing that I see and you've talked to it with a lot of these shops before is yeah, if your truck breaks down, you know, and especially if you're under warranty, that's no problem. You just take it to the dealership. Well, the problem is getting the parts fixed. Yeah. You know, you don't know how long that's going to be. My girlfriend has a brand new Jeep. It had a 12, it had 1260 something miles on it. It broke down on her birthday and it had to go back to the dealer. It's a brand new Rubicon, 1200 miles. And it wouldn't shift, shift solenoids bad. Couldn't get a shift solenoid. So they put an entire valve body in the, in the Jeep because it was brand new Jeep, but yeah, we didn't even know when we were going to get a, a shift solenoid, you know, and it's, it's things like that, that you really want to take care of what you got right now. Cause you don't, it's not a hundred percent chance that it's going to be just a snap of a finger and it's going to be fixed. That's a really good point because prior to the pandemic and COVID and everything, you could get parts like next day, you know, or sometimes same yeah. day you'd see the trucks yeah. like from Napa or whatever, you know, they would make their rounds to the different shops and <clears throat> everything was really fast and we all got accustomed to that. But I, you know, I've chatted with um, some shop owners and just, you know, reading on my own it's it can be really tough to get some parts and we see things with like ford and gm and they're not able to get a, a you know a, a certain electronic component they need for something and the trucks just sit and so i think that's a really good point with maintenance is you know it, it you don't know how long the truck's going to be down for especially now and you know there's that you know no back order no eta kind of thing well if it's yeah. a daily driver yeah, well, that's, they can't that's even a problem tell you. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's you know when and tying that to this towing episode i think that a lot of my customers and my dear friends uh are farmers uh two of my friends own their own business here locally that they do water taps and they tie in water taps to the new homes and you know the katy area and things like that they're very busy they pull a 16,000 pound trailer with that mini X on it every day, every day. Uh, the truck that pulls it mostly is a 2,759 truck. It's a six speed G56 four wheel drive. And we ended up putting an engine in this year. Well, we rebuilt the engine that was in it. It was, uh, it was time. It had some issues from when he bought it. It wasn't in great health, but uh, that's going. And uh, his partner that, uh, if that truck is down, his partner will pull the truck, which is another good friend of mine. And he has a uh, 2019 
Ford F-350 four-door four-wheel drive. Now that truck has four tens in it. When he bought it, he was very adamant that it had four tens. They actually found him one. Uh, since then, he's put 37-inch tires on it, but it does it does pull the trailer well. Uh, I actually have rode with him multiple times getting my trailers. We actually rode to Hallettsville and picked up one of my trailers. That truck, you know, it, it's new and it's on 37s. It looks great. It's got 22-inch wheels and, and it pulls the trailer good. It's just depending on what you want. But when you do pull like that and the, the farmers and, and Cole and Dustin that, that pull that trailer every day, maintenance is very important. Like the guy from Amsoil said, the heat and the diff is a big deal. Um, and that was, I wanted that episode to clarify because I run 75140 in all my trucks and I run 75140 in the trucks that I service for one of my biggest customers here that has all 5,500s. <clears throat> and it, pulling big loads like this, I mean, even if you've got a camper, you only pull, you know, however so often in the summertime and parking in the wintertime. You know, you can rack up miles with a trailer on it, and that, that is hard on a vehicle. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is. A lot of these farmers, you know, I, I try to get them to understand. A lot of them do is, you know, they'll run throughout harvest season, and then they'll stop in the wintertime to do their maintenance, and that's the best thing for them. It, it's because they're running hard, you know, and especially somebody that is pulling for a living, hot shotters, things like that, they can tell you, man, maintenance is key keeping your fuel filters changed, especially with these new fuel systems, keeping your fuel filters changed, keeping your, keeping your oil changed. And like, you know, going to hotshot secrets, sending in an oil sample because you may be changing it too early or you may be changing it way too late. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, they can tell you that type of stuff. And uh, I think it's, that's probably the most important thing when you get into towing like I do is keeping up with your truck. It's been really, it's been really um, interesting to see, how the aftermarket, you know, with companies like Amsoil, Hotshot Secrets, um, we had chatted a little bit before the podcast about like lift pumps and their, you know, Fast and Air Dogs and other ones that are out there. And there's so many choices and so many things that you can find in the aftermarket to be able to make the truck last longer versus maybe before, you know, the diesels really got super popular is, you know, you really just would have what's at a local store to pick from or go to the dealership and, you know, get an OEM part. And it's, it's cool to see, you know, I think, I think it was a hot shot secret episode when they were talking about some things that they've learned on the track that they've been able to then apply towards an oil that you use every day or, um, you know, something with, um, fuel treatment. It's different stuff like that, I think is, is incredibly important. And, you know, the trucks, they're, they're the most expensive they've ever been. They're a big investment and you want them yeah. to last. And even if you have an older one, you know, and you have a, you know, a, a five, nine common rail or something like that, there's, there's things you want that truck to last as well, you know, and you want to take care of it. So it's always really cool to do these episodes. I always love chatting with, um, you know, podcast listeners, learning about their trucks and, uh, yeah, you guys keep me busy on discord. I, there's, I see a ton of, uh, really cool trucks, cool things going on, questions and stuff. So it's great to be able to like, you know, ask your question to, to Amsoil about gear oil and then hear about how it applies to your truck every day and what you're doing and, and, and hauling with it. It's just cool to see that connection. Yeah. I think <clears throat> like we talked before this and, you know, there's a lot of guys that are interested in that. Yeah. high performance and things like that. But some people just want to pull their camper. Yeah. You know, some people just want to pull their boat. That's, that's what they bought the truck for and that's what they want to do. And, you know, 
for the guys that are listening to this episode for trying to get some idea of weight and stuff, I do have those numbers and I'll share them with you on what I pull, what mileage I get, things like that. Uh, yeah. This gooseneck trailer, it is a 2018 PJ. Um, it has a neck on the deck, which is about, you know, it's a rack above the neck. That's why the trailer is really heavy. Uh, and it's also got three extra toolboxes, got a 12K winch. It's got two 12,000 pound axles. It does have air suspension and disc brakes. It does have a lift axle as well. Uh, this truck uh, or this trailer certified cat scales. I've got all the stuff to prove it. That trailer weighs 12,780 pounds, bone empty. Now that's with chains and everything, but that yeah. is with nothing on the deck. Wow. Um, the, the truck, definitely squats a little bit when you, when you hook it up. I don't have airbags. So. Um, the cargo trailer that you've seen on Discord, that trailer, I actually sold that trailer. I'm going to basically put a flatbed on this truck because I'm tired of pulling a trailer around everywhere I work with, so I'm going to go to a flatbed. Um, that trailer with all my tools in it and everything was actually pretty light. That trailer only weighed about 5,080 pounds. But the issue with that trailer is, is seven foot tall. It is a V-nose, but this truck, this 2020 by itself, cruising down the road, factory tires, nothing done to it, 16, 17 miles a gallon. That's about it. It's going to get, okay, 65, 75 miles an hour, 16, 17, possibly 18 when the wind is your back. <clears throat> with that cargo trailer, six you know, not even 6,000 pounds, just 5,100 pound cargo trailer, it would get nine miles a gallon because it's a windsock. It's a, it's an yeah. anchor that you've stuck behind the truck. <laughs> um, the gooseneck <clears throat> empty. It's about 11, 11 and a half. If the wind's at your back, you might see 12, maybe, but that's a heavy trailer. Now, as far as loads that I've put on it, I've put, uh, the heaviest thing I've ever put on, it's about 14,000 pounds. It was a uh, 5,500 uh, uh, truck used to haul. It's got a, they have 12 foot bed, bedrock beds on them. They're really big beds and it's full of chains, full of straps, things like that. Um, so that's a combined weight of, you know, around 25,000 pounds. Um, you definitely know it's back there on that kind of weight. Uh, it, it does. It does know it's back there. Um, I will say the difference in the trucks. I've never pulled twenty five thousand. I don't know. Uh, I've never pulled twenty five thousand pounds with a third gen ever. Um, maybe the most a twelve. But this truck handles twenty five thousand pounds power wise and stopping wise. Like no other. I've ever had even my third gen at you know 12 or 15,000 pounds I don't think it would handle it as well as this truck would uh that's just the god's honest truth um now for you Ford guys the first load that I ever did with this trailer when I first bought it a friend of mine needed a tractor moved it was about 300 mile round trip or no 600 mile round trip uh we went and got it with my friend Garrett's uh that's a 2020 Ford F-350. It's got the 10-speed in it, and it's got 355 rears. <clears throat> that, 
so his truck, when we took it to the scale on the way to the uh, to get the load, his truck weighed truck and trailer was twenty one thousand eight hundred forty pounds. We went and picked up the tractor and the shredder, came back to the truck stop, got lunch, reweighed it, thirty six thousand eight sixty. So that's truck, trailer, tractor, shredder. That's full weights, thirty six, basically thirty seven thousand pounds. And I can tell you that I'm a Cummins fan through and through, but that Ford with the 10 speed, we left out of that truck stop, which is like you know a few miles away from that place. Uh, we picked it up at, and like I said, we're sitting there cruising in AC seat, sipping on dark pepper, eating Cheetos. You know, you know it's, it's not even, it's, it's hard to say. I, I will say this about the Ford and the Dodge though. Uh, I've heard a couple of people talk about this when we start talking about transmissions on the, on the uh, podcast, my truck with a full load on normal size tires, not the 35s. I've never seen above 190 on my trans temp, which is wild because my 18 pulling 12,000 pounds would get like 198. I, it's those 35s and the gears in it. I, it's too much load on it, I would assume. But uh, this truck has never gotten over 190. Now that Ford 10 speed. I think they handle the load better because they have more gear options. Uh, it was it was very comfortable for the truck to pull it, but his trans stamp st- stayed at 215 to 217 when we pulled that load. It's just the difference in manufacturers. They want to run hotter, I guess. I'm, I'm not real sure on that, but the trans temp was just naturally hotter on that truck. The, the fuel mileage from the Ford versus the Dodge on a load, being as it's a 10-speed, I will tell you that there is a difference. Uh, Garrett, empty can get around 18 miles a gallon in that truck he travels to new mexico two weeks on two weeks off he works over there so during his travels that far he gets around 18 miles a gallon loaded we were getting about 11 that day and that's a heavy load to get 11 uh, or 11 miles a gallon that's a very heavy load so i was pretty impressed by the 10 speed i know some people have had some problems out of them but if somebody from Rams listening, please put a 10 speed in a Ram. <laughs> I was just going to say that it feels, feels like that's the next evolution for these trucks. Like, you know, when you, you look at uh, say third gens, for example, and you compare them to, you know, like a 08 to 10 Ford interior or a Duramax, like the GM and Ford just had, I think, nicer interiors. And then, you know, Ram has done, I think the 2010s is when they changed the body style on them. They just, they invested yeah. in the interiors as much nicer and, and now they're probably a lot of people would argue the nicest inside and they keep bumping up the torque ratings on it and everything. But then I think, I think they just need a new transmission, something, you know, a, a comparable 10 speed to what uh, Ford and, and GM have. And I think that's probably going to be the next thing. I hope so, Patrick. I mean, they, <laughs> I'm a huge Cummins fan. I mean, when we li- when I listened to that episode where the guy had the seven three and the five nine and he was wanting to get rid of one, yeah, there was no choice on my. You know, <laughs> I knew it out, but yeah. you know, um, the Ford and Dodge thing has always been there. And now, you know, Chevrolet Duramax. I, I can tell you this: tw- any truck you go buy now that has a diesel in it, they're they're great trucks. Yeah. I mean, hundred percent. They're they're powerful. They have great amenities on the inside. They're just it's a great truck. Uh, I've always been a Cummins fan. I like to see the belt when I pop the hood. When I do that on a Duramax and a Ford, I can't really see the belt. You got to take the cab off. I don't, you know, I, I don't, that's, 
I worked for Cummins for five years right out of UTI and mainly in the field. I was mainly working on frack engines, but uh, I've just always been a Cummins fan. But boy, since 1989, they still have not figured out transmission. And I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it's going to take. But, they, uh, you know, the 68 has a bad rap. But honestly, Patrick, remember when the 48 came out? Yeah. yeah it was too. just as bad. Yeah. It, it really was. And they... There's guys taking Allison's out of dirt maxes right now, putting 48 swaps in them to do 2,000 plus horsepower. Yeah. You know, it, they figured it out. Now, the 68, like I, I watched a lot of Firepunk Diesel channel on YouTube, and he had an episode two years ago talking about the 68. And, uh, you know, he honestly thinks you tow your race truck with a 48 in it to the track with a truck with a 68. Yeah. It is, it is a good towing transmission, but you can't. You can't go haywire with them. You, I mean, you, they can put down a thousand horsepower, but the longevity of the transmission is not going to be there because of the different clutch packs they have. And he says they have this overlapping shifting thing. So it, it was a good episode to listen to. Um, and, you know, when I had my 03, I got all of that out of my system. I had lots of parts and lots of money in it and that was back a long time ago i mean we didn't have the turbos and the tunes we have nowadays i really like to see that truck with what we have now but uh i i really get more i think enjoyability out of being able to tow what i tow with this truck uh, yeah and it's part of my business so that you know helps me out in the long run it makes me money it's really what it's all about uh why i got this truck yeah, I would definitely agree with you. I think I, I had a 68 and a 48 and the 68 RFE was definitely better. I felt just for daily driving. Um, the 48 I had was you know, built, billet shafts and everything like that. And it was great for holding power, but it, it left a lot to be desired just driving around town. And I, I haven't you know driven a 10 speed, but I imagine it's probably even better than the six feet as far as what I've heard and what people have told me on the podcast, just where it keeps you in the RPM range and, and just yeah. all the choices yeah. that you have is, is yeah. hopefully the future. And I hope Ram does that. I hope they, <laughs> hope they do something where, you know, something that's always amazed me about transmissions is, and I, I need to do an episode um, about like the five speed Fords and the six R one forty is where Ford would rate these transmissions stock, you know, rated at 1400 foot pounds, rated at, you know, 1110. Well, the truck's only making 600 or it was only making, you know, 900. And it's just, you had this, you had growth with it. If you did want to tune it or do some things, it's like Ram has always just kind of built them right to the point of stock power. And then you're immediately into <laughs> yeah, a <don't>, transmission build. <laughs> don't do anything to it. That's right. Yeah. They, um, I would, I'd be interesting to hear that too. You know, a lot in, you know you can't even buy a manual dodge anymore 18 they put that you know and that that's really depressing to me i grew up driving standards uh i honestly got real mad when they got rid of uh the mv5600 i thought that was the best six speed they ever had g56 i think that's a good transmission but it's a aluminum case and you know noisy from what i hear from people say but um yeah i I just, you can't get a manual anymore. So the, the only real route to go is to get a 10 speed or something like that. Yeah. I don't know if it, I've heard rumors that they're going to do it, but you know, that's, that's all about the RS rumors. Uh, especially with what we're going through right now. I just really don't know what's, you know, if the, if they planned on making changes, I don't know if they're going to be able to, 
is, yeah. is the big thing. Well, and, and also, too, you know, something I thought about is, you know, there could be guys out there that aren't brand loyal. And you go to a GM dealership, you go to a Ford dealership, they're both selling you on the power and the 10-speed, and then you go to the Ram dealership, and it's a six-speed. And if you're not really into diesels or anything like that, you're going to think, well, the 10-speed's better. I'm going to get one of those. Yeah. And I think probably at some point, you know, maybe um, – you know, when things kind of get back to normal a little bit is, you know, Ram's not going to want that. They're going to want to be able to say the same thing. Hey, we got a 10 speed as well. Keeps you in this, this torque range. So I, I definitely, definitely hope to see that now with, with your business. So you're, you're, you're hauling things pretty much all the time, like 24 seven. Uh, it's not, I wouldn't say it's 24 seven. What I, what I normally do is, is I go to, uh, one of my biggest customers is John Deere here. So I go to their site, one of their yards. And honestly, I do maintenance on their trucks and their trailers that they pull with, mainly the transportation department. They're the ones that haul the tractors, lawnmowers, and things like that, too. They have uh, 550-500s, I believe. They have more, but a couple of them are in some other sites that I can't really get to because they're far away. Uh, and they have two 18-wheelers that they do, two Peterbilt 379, or 389s that they do cotton pickers, combines, and things like that. I mainly take care of the trucks, but where my hauling comes in is I got that 40-foot trailer. Uh, hopefully, I plan on doing a little side hauling for them. After harvest is over, I'm going to, uh, I got to finish getting my CDL and things like that, but they'll have a truck breakdown, and they have to get on the load that they were already on, so they'll swap a truck out and just leave that one there, and I'll go get it, and a lot of the I do a lot of work for farmers too. And a lot of times they can't get out of the field. Their truck is here or it's here. I'll go get it with my 40. I mean, it's got a winch on it. I can pull it up. I haven't had to use that yet, but uh, yeah, it's mainly customers call me, say, Hey, my truck's down, blah, blah, blah. I'll go out there and check it out with my scanner, but I'll bring my trailer in case I need to tow it home. Uh, Saturday, I did that. I drove to uh, Meadville, checked the truck out. Sunday came back with a 40 foot needs injector. So three truck really clean too. I wish you'd sell it to anybody wrong. Um, <laughs> I put it up on the truck. It's just hard start and things like that. It's old original injectors in the truck. So put it on the trailer, haul it back, got his injectors ordered. And, you know, we'll be putting those in and I'll bring it back to him on the 40 foot and things like that. I, I do have a shop here. Um, I do, I would say probably 70% of my work here. Um, Anybody that brings me work, of course, is done here, but a lot of the John Deere stuff, I actually go to them. Uh, that's why I had the cargo trailer. I had my drain pans and, and whatnot in there and all that stuff. Well, uh, I just kind of, that was for, to get me started. And now I think a better option is to just take my truck with everything there uh, rather than pull a trailer. Plus, I'm probably going to get better fuel mileage without pulling that windsock behind me. That's another <laughs> yeah. thing. I made that decision, but... Uh, yeah, it's it's been good. I uh, started in January, um, and I've had good luck. I've been blessed. It's good. Yeah, there's seems to be a lot uh, a lot with automotive that that I've heard from you know people as far as you know it's sustaining. It's it it's been you know great or good for you know eighteen months where a lot of other industries like restaurants and things like that just got hammered, and so oh, yeah. <clears throat> you know it's been. Uh, this is the industry we cover. It's what we're passionate about. So it's been great to see so many companies and people just be able to kind of weather the storm and, and be successful through it as well. You know, it's 
probably even more than weathering the storm is, you know, like you mentioned, starting a business and there are lots of other people that have told me, you know, their businesses have grown. So I've, I've been you know, really excited to cover that and, and hear that. And I know, you know, as far as the states that play the diesel podcast the most, Texas is number one and it's not even close. Really? I th- yeah, I think California is <laughs> second. There's a lot of different states and I love to look at analytics and stuff, but I know people are going to be listening in, in Texas and they're going to say, hey, that was really cool here, that episode with Grant. Hey, I need something, I need something moved or, 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 you know, something that you mentioned they need help with. What's a way that, that someone could contact you? you know, ask you questions about what you do, or maybe they just say, Hey, I love that episode. I'm, I'm in the same position. I'm looking at a new truck. You know, would you, would you buy a 2020 again, or should I get the 2021 and, uh, you know, just be able to reach out to you. Anybody can email me at Texas. And this is all spelled out. Texas diesel supply at gmail.com. I kind of, I kind of unplugged. I got away from Facebook and Instagram (laughs) and things like that, but anybody can reach you on my email. I'm always on my email. That was the corporate world that took me over. I love email. That's normally how I do my communication with any of my customers. So <laughs> anybody can email me any questions. Uh, you know, it's that's really interesting that a lot of people are in Texas, man. They that's and talking about towing. I don't know if you know, like I don't know. You know, you're in Colorado. I don't know the yeah. DOT laws there, but the DOT laws here are so crazy. Like you know, it used to be twenty six thousand and one pounds. You had to have a CDL. Uh, now it's twenty six thousand and one pound capability. So you can literally be hauling a truck and a trailer that has capability to haul twenty six thousand pounds. I know a lot of Texas listeners will know that. That's a, it's kind of a crazy deal. But I think, uh, you know, Texas, you, you can't drive around the state without seeing a diesel truck at a red light. I mean, they're they're everywhere. Yeah, I, th- I think they're, that they're, they're everywhere. Yeah, you can definitely see, you know, just checking it out where the diesel truck owners are and, and they're spread out all over. There's a lot in the Midwest and yeah. the Rocky Mountain regions and stuff. But I just know um never do an episode and you know, we're talking with a shop in Texas or something like that. I'll see the messages come in from guys like, Hey, where's where's that shop again? I'm not that far away. So but it was uh it was really cool to chat with you and, and I've been looking forward, like I said, to doing an episode just talking about towing, the things that you guys are looking for, things you guys want to do, and you know, just you know, seeing the questions and the things that you post on discord and just listen to the podcast we appreciate it i appreciate your time today and uh, definitely keep me updated on the on the truck the business how things are going and uh when you do those upgrades you know what you what you think of them as you you know do them step Absol- by step absolutely i'll be on discord telling you about it <laughs> Don't forget, diesel fans, make sure and head on over to wcfab.com. Check out what Whirly Custom Fabrication has for your truck, ways you can customize it. And also, if you're a shop owner out there looking to sell or stock WC Fab parts, Turn 14 makes it super easy to do so. Just go to turn14.com. And if you're not set up with them, you can get set up, and they give you a dedicated account manager who specializes in diesel, so they're going to know the brands and the things that you're looking for to make that process easier. wanted to give a shout-out to two of our Patreon supporters, Wright Diesel Services and Texas Diesel Supply. Patreon is something we started to be able to give more access to the Diesel Podcast, to our guests, um, doing special episodes that we don't release on any of the podcast apps, and just asking questions either about parts, their business, how they got into the industry, um, tips that they would give, things they would recommend, like um, we chatted with one guest about VP44 pumps and and, uh, ways to make them more reliable or, or, or protect them. There's tons of different things we go through. You'll find a link down below in the description where you can join starts at $3 a month and it goes a long way to help us as far as producing the podcast and uh, being able to bring you guys the shows that you want until next time. Keep the shiny side up.